Are you working? What kind of work do you do? You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Good evening and welcome into The Edge for this Tuesday, September the 29th. Yes, this is Aaron Karolnik and I am pumped to be with you for the next hour because we have so much to get to tonight. That is a struggle for me as the producer and the host of this program to figure out exactly how we're going to fit in all of the topics. Major League Baseball, the playoffs ongoing as we speak. The Blue Jays in action. We'll get to that in just a moment. Of course, the Stanley Cup awarded last night. It was Victor Hedman taking home the Conn Smythe Trophy. And we have some odds on the 2021 NHL season that we'll get to as well. We saw Patrick Mahomes put on a clinic. Shout out to Al's brother for the big W there on overdrive. And of course the NBA Finals. It's LeBron against his former team in Miami. That begins tomorrow. And finally, of course, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be representative of myself if I didn't toss in a little bit of politics. Not that I'm a political guy, but I'm a guy who likes to wager on basically anything. And there are props on the presidential debate, which goes down tonight at 9 p.m., that you will love and you will be very interested. That's right, it's Trump versus Biden, and you can bet on it. I'm going to tell you how after this. Let's find out what happened and what it means. So I mentioned the Major League Baseball playoffs began this afternoon. There are four games in total today. Two have already been completed. The Astros and the White Sox both won 4-1. And after losing to the Astros, get this, the Twins have now lost 17 consecutive playoff games. Imagine being a Minnesota Twins fan and seeing your team every year get into the playoffs and just get spanked. You hope for their sake they bounce back tomorrow because it could be a very disturbing end for the Minnesota Twins who had a fantastic season. The Toronto Blue Jays, the game is ongoing. There's been some controversy with Matt Shoemaker, who was a controversial starter to begin with, getting pulled after three innings in favor of Robbie Ray. And Shoemaker did nothing to deserve being pulled. He was electric. Three shutout innings only allowed two pitches, thirty or two hits uh, on 35 pitches. And the analytics are at play here for the Blue Jays. And we'll see what happens as the game goes along. They're down one nothing currently, and we will have updates for you throughout the program. Some big news in the National Football League today, and not good news at all. The Tennessee Titans announced this morning that they have several positive COVID-19 tests, and they are working through the process of confirming them. They have suspended activities, as have the Minnesota Vikings, who Tennessee played on Sunday. We don't know exactly the status of the games that are that those two teams are scheduled to play, uh, but we will update you if anything were to come about. Adam Schefter says the plan currently is to play those games. We will ask Mike Clay of ESPN, one of their insiders, when he joins us in about 25 minutes. Going back to last night, we need to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won the Stanley Cup, and we know that Tampa was the betting favorite heading into the season, and they came through for those who invested in them. And if you listened to, if you listened to the program on Friday, I may have recommended Victor Hedman at plus 150 to win the Conn Smythe. It was a very close uh, competition as far as the voting goes. He and Braden Point were neck and neck, but 
Victor Hedman got it done, and so did the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you look at the odds to win the 2021 Stanley Cup, which were released this morning as well. Tampa coming in as the favorite, followed by Colorado, Vegas, Boston, Philly, and then the Toronto Maple Leafs at 20-1. to 1. So if you think the Leafs can get it done with their current roster, or perhaps the an influx of talent, maybe Alex Petrangelo as a free agent, maybe someone else, maybe a trade, 20 to 1 might be worth a look. And finally, tomorrow night, it's the Lakers and the Miami Heat. The Lakers opened at minus 440 to win the finals against Miami, and that number has been bet down significantly. The Sharps all over Miami down to minus 350. So there was a lot of money that came in on Miami when that line opened. So the gambling community. At least believes Miami has a shot, and I tend to agree. I was very impressed with what I saw from Miami against Boston. That zone defense can really create trouble for someone like LeBron James and someone like Anthony Davis. But I don't think anyone would doubt that the Lakers, they have the two best players in that series, but three through six, three through seven could very well be the Miami Heat. And if you were wondering, the Miami Heat were 75-1 to to win the title to start the year. So congrats if you had the foresight to bet on them. I mentioned the presidential debate tonight at 9 o'clock, I guess probably on CNN or wherever you watch your political news. You can bet on it. Now, I, I uh, enlisted some of my favorite props. I, I jotted them down. Of course, I may have dabbled in a couple of wagers. Uh, my, some of my favorites. Will Trump and Biden bump elbows at the beginning of the, the debate? No is the heavy favorite at minus 700. So the gambling community believes there will be no contact at all between Trump and Biden. Uh, what will Donald Trump say first between these two terms, Sleepy Joe and Phony Kamala? Sleepy Joe is, or Kamala, I should say. Sleepy Joe is minus 350 there. And Joe Biden, the slight favorite to take the first sip of water between the two debaters at minus 160. I think some value could be found there. I think, you think maybe Trump might want to exert a little bit of physical dominance at least in his mind by not taking a sip of water first al's brother you like the uh sip of water wager you you on uh, joe biden with me there no uh i think yeah i think joe biden's gonna be the first one to take the sip of water because to me donald trump isn't really human so he doesn't need water <laughs> so he won't be drinking it all right that is a political pundit the daniel dale of tsn 1050 al's brother you'll hear more from him a little bit later we will hear from Davis Sanchez of TSN Edge next, his week four leans. And I'm curious to know from Davis, as a former NFL player, a former CFL player, how this COVID-19 test for Tennessee could affect the preparation for the weekend's game. That game has been taken off the betting board. We don't know if and when it will happen. But a lot of consternation coming out of Tennessee about how the team can prepare. We'll get into that and much more with Davis Sanchez when he joins us on The Edge. You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik, giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Word to the wise. It's time to check in with Davis Sanchez, the wise guy. Half man, half amazing. On The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Half man, half amazing. That's how I describe Davis Sanchez on the day today. But when he joins the edge right here on TSN 1050, he is all amazing. Of course, you know Davis as the lead analyst for TSN Edge. He played in the NFL, he played in the CFL, and he is my man. And he joins us right here. What's up, man? How are you? And he is a savage DJ. Let's get it week four. 
Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, man. Week four is an amazing slate. I feel like every week I look at, I look at all the games and I'm like, oh my god, I cannot wait for Sunday. And I'm even looking at the Thursday nighter. And I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna get sucked in to Denver and the Jets? The answer is yes. <laughs> We're gonna get to that in a second, Davis. But I want to talk to you about. Uh, the string of positive tests in the National Football League today. Of course, the Tennessee Titans, a uh, number of positive tests in the past four days. And a very interesting thing that I saw uh, from Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network, who said that the Titans coaches have told players if they have to go without any practice until Saturday, have a walkthrough, and then play the Steelers on Sunday, that's what they'll have to do. No excuses. You played in the NFL, man. How do you think that the team, the players, would be able to prepare themselves in the event that happens? And how do you think that would affect the betting line, which currently is off the board? But would you be fading the the Titans in the situation? You know, at, at this point, there's uh, not a lot of uh, legwork that goes into actual being on the field, running around. It's you know, you're in you're in kind of a month into the season there getting close to a month of this season, guys need some rest on the legs. You'd only really practice on Wednesday. Wednesday would be day one in real practice because in the NFL, Monday is you go in and watch the film. Tuesday's a complete day off, and then, um, or sometimes some teams do it vice versa, or Monday is the, uh, Tuesday's day off and Monday's a day in. But either way, you have Monday or Tuesday off. The other day's a film day. So really only Wednesday is an actual running around practice. And then Thursday, it's, it's kind of a, a light jog through. So you're really not a lot of on the field anyway. So as long as you're doing, you're having meetings and, you know, in today's world, a bunch of Zoom meetings is, that they're, they're familiar with because of the off season. I don't think it's as much of a, a big deal as people would think. So, uh, yes, the, the line might, uh, Move a little bit. I don't even know. It's it not going to affect. Both teams are going to be affected uh, are the same. Or I guess it's only affected by the only the team that only the Titans are the team that uh, is infected. Pittsburgh didn't have any issues, so I guess they'll be able to practice. So um, yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Even though the Titans won't be on the field, Pittsburgh's not going to do a lot of uh, you know actual practice. It's mostly walkthrough. So, so the long winded, long ass winded answer I gave you is just that it's not it's not a big deal. I don't think. Well, it's interesting you say that because I think there's a lot of people in the gambling public who are looking at this and be like, let's fade the Titans. They won't practice. There'll be no padded practices. The Steelers are getting ready as per usual. And maybe all that just doesn't matter. You might be able to get some value on the Titans. So when that game is back on the board, assuming they do play it this weekend, that's something we'll look at. Uh, for TSN Edge, Davis, you do your week four or your weekly early leans. And I know you like the Indy Colts. Minus 2.5 against the Bears, who have a new quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. No more. See you later. It's now Nick Foles. Why do you like the Colts in this one? And I'll do the listeners a favor, and I won't be so long-winded. Go ahead and pound the Colts, because Nick Foles is not a starting quarterback in this league. He's had a, a couple glimpses of, of good football, but that, uh, Nick Foles is not a, a great quarterback. I don't believe in him, especially without weapons and, and the Colts are just an all-around better offensive football team. I don't think the, I don't think the Bears can put up points, so that's, that's why I'm going to fade them. This number at two and a half, I, I think it could climb to three. I think Sharp Money later on in the week jumps on the Colts as well. The Colts can score points. They have, they have um, offensive weapons that can, and Phillip Rivers is, is bad of decisions as he does make at times. You and I both know that he is capable of putting up big numbers 
and and Nick Foles it, with this Bears offense, I don't think they're capable of putting up big numbers. I think the Colts is my early lean, and I'll look into it. That's why it's called early lean because it's just the initial reaction. But my early lean is is definitely jump on Colts, and I have sprinkled on the Colts already at two and a half because I think it does go up to three. Davis Sanchez, our guest here on The Edge here on TSN 1050. Of course, you can follow all of Davis's work on TSN Edge. And another one of your early leans, Davis, is the Atlanta Falcons, who play the Green Bay Packers, a team that's 3-0. They've looked great. Atlanta has looked good at times, and then they seem to fade in the second half and blow massive leads. Are you just kind of thinking the regression to the mean for the Falcons, they're due to get a win, or do you not buy the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I don't know about um, – I'm definitely AK not buying into the Falcons are, are due for a win, but I am uh, a believer that the Falcons are a pretty good team, and, and you've seen uh, what they've done. I mean, it's not like they've come into these first three weeks and gotten blown out of the building. The Falcons should have beaten the, the Cowboys. The, um, I mean, that's there's no doubt about that. That's pretty obvious. And I, I believe that they could have beat the Seahawks as well. And, and I mean, they're they're just – these are good football teams they're losing to, and and they're a pretty good team. And I I believe that Green Bay is uh, playing above um, the level of their talent. And that's you look at their receiving courts, who who and who without Devontae Adams and uh, Aaron Rodgers has been unbelievable. He's been he's been Aaron Rodgers. He's been great. He's but uh, the reality is that's seven and a half points in NFL game. Remember, you only can get sometimes between you know six and nine possessions in a in a game and to give a two touchdowns or two scores to a, to a team that can put up points that has Matt Ryan and, you know, possibly, possibly Julio Jones. And of course, Ridley and Gurley, they have a, they have a squad of uh, offensive weapons that can score points. I'm not, I'm not comfortable um, laying over a touchdown with, with any team that has as little weapons offensively as the Green Bay Packers do, regardless of who their quarterback is. How dare you disrespect my boy Marquez Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, Davis? Those are two. No, I couldn't. I won't even try. Uh, Davis Sanchez, our guest here on the Edge TSN 1050, and I want to ask you about the Buffalo Bills. They went to three and zero. They almost choked the game away in the second half against the Rams, and they are still the fight, the slight favorite to win the AFC East over the Patriots. I know we've talked a lot about the Patriots and the way that Cam Newton and Bill Belichick have executed so well early on this season. Do you think the Bills are going to win the AFC East, Davis? And is there any value in betting them to do so? Yeah, I think they do win the AFC East. There, I said that at the beginning of the season, and I'm more than willing to take a look and and adjust if I think that something's changed. But I mean, who's a better football team, in your opinion, top to bottom? AK? Uh, between the Bills and the Patriots, yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's close, man. I I, yeah. I really do. I've been so impressed with what Cam Newton's doing, and I mean, Josh Allen is now a dark horse MVP candidate. The numbers that he's putting up, I think it's close, and I don't know which way I lean. I think we're going to learn a lot about the Bills there. The three-game road trip out west coming up in the next three weeks, I think it'll be really close. I know that's kind I'm of a cop-out answer. I'm, no, but it's a it's a fair answer, and, and I you know I agree. I'm not going to sit here and and tell you that the Buffalo Bills are far superior team to the New England Patriots. But uh, if I have to, to look top to bottom at who is a more talented team, I think the Bills are more talented. Now you can go into the the, the greatness of, 
the hoodie and is, they have a coaching edge. I don't even know if that's the case anymore when you look at the whole staff. I mean, Steve Belichick is their defensive coordinator <laughs> um, on, on, on paper. So, I mean, I, I don't know. But I just I do believe the Buffalo Bills are the, are the best team. And here's another thing, AK, is you, you and I both know that, that Josh Allen is going to get better week in and week out. And you talk to people inside the football world, and, and Jordan Palmer is maybe the most – well-respected quarterback guru is the brother of Carson Palmer, but he coaches one-on-one personal training, coaches all the best quarterbacks in the, in the NFL, a lot of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in the offseason. And he, you ask him about, about Josh Allen, he raves about just how good this kid is. And he's got a lot of others, uh, Darnold and, um, and um, Deshaun Watson, and others he also coaches that he's not going this, this uh, off this much about. So, Josh Allen is really special, and and I think is is not appreciated enough. And yes, he makes dumb mistakes, but he's only going to get better. So that's that would be the reason that I lean Buffalo. And in a lot of ways, I think they can do they can do big things as the Buffalo squad. Davis, I want to get you out of here on this. There are two huge underdogs in Week Four. The Washington Football Team hosts the Baltimore Ravens. They are fourteen and a half point underdogs, and the New York Giants have just been so bad this year. They're in L.A. to play the Rams as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. If you were forced to bet on one of Washington or the Giants, who would you bet on this week? If I, if I could get 14-and-a-half, and I saw that Baltimore-Washington game opened at 13, and if I can get 14-and-a-half, I'd take Washington. That's just too many points. It, it, yeah. You look, historically, historically um, sports books absolutely, or sports bettors absolutely love if you get over a touchdown, uh, they absolutely love it. Most sharps around around the globe will just pound, go ahead and pound that dog if you're getting over 14. And I would probably do the same. I won't like it. I'll plug my nose. I'll close my eyes. I won't watch the game so I don't have to deal with the pain. But I'll probably, if I get 14 and a half, I might plug my nose and stuff it in on the Washington football team. Yeah, it's a short week for the Ravens, man. An emotional game against KC last night. And Washington... Hasn't looked great, but I mean, the comments and coaching, I don't, I'm trying to find some silver linings. Uh, the silver yeah. lining uh, every week here on the Edge Radio is having you on the program, Davis. Thank you for doing this, and we will look for your terrific work on TSN Edge all week, my man. I appreciate you. Also, look look at the under, the Colts-Bears game. I lean under in that game as well. All right, writing it down, about to uh, send it up to the boys, because we always follow your picks, Davis. Thank you for doing this, man. Right back at you. We'll be listening. Have a great week. Let's get it. All right. Thank you very much. That is Davis Sanchez from TSN Edge. And let's welcome in Al's brother, who we've only briefly heard from, because I know you are the oracle of overdrive, Al's brother. You made a great pick last night on the Kansas City Chiefs over the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think there's anybody in the AFC who can compete with Kansas City after what we saw last night? And Lamar Jackson calling KC his kryptonite? No, honestly, I think Baltimore is probably the one team who I think could have been able to beat Kansas City. Um, I will say, though, if Buffalo can get that defense going like they did last year, I like Buffalo as maybe the dark horse team that might be able to compete in the AFC. 
Um, just when you look at what that offense has been able to do so far this year, we've seen a lot of talent come out of that defense, which is pretty much the exact same group that came from last year. They are a year older, and you've got to look and take a look at the injuries that they've had. You know, Matt Milano and Tremaine Evans have both been injured the last couple of weeks, which may be a reason as to why they got picked on a little bit in the second half against the Rams. But I think the Bills maybe could be a dark horse team uh, who might be able to compete with the, with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I like the Bills too. And another team that I think people are sleeping on is the Steelers. They're three and zero. Big Ben's looking healthy. James Conner has been healthy as well. That's something that's been rare. And that defense is loaded. Why couldn't the Steelers make a run? This is an experienced club with a with a great receiving core. We know what Smith Schuster can do. Deontay Johnson's been really good. They added a number of pieces in the offseason. I've been super impressed with what I've seen from the Steelers so far. I agree. The Steelers certainly are another one of those teams that could make some waves here, but. Health is so key for them, and they just haven't been able to really show it over the last couple of years. Uh, so that's, I think, is going to be the number one for them is just to stay healthy throughout the season. You're going to want to stick to uh, make sure you follow Al's brother's picks on Overdrive every Monday and Thursday night. Of course, he's a big-time contributor here on The Edge as well. Coming up next, Mike Clay is one of ESPN's most prominent NFL analysts. He focuses on fantasy, and he also focuses on everything. This guy has the inside track on what's going on with the Tennessee Titans, what we can expect this weekend, if they will play the game, and Mike Clay will join us next on The Edge. Count it up. Back here on The Edge Live, TSN 1050. We're streaming online, tsn1050.ca. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We still have some great guests to come this hour. Of course, Mike Clay of ESPN will join us after another wild week in fantasy football. Some more just prolific point totals being put up by quarterbacks and running backs and receivers and a lot of that's being attributed to the officiating in the games. A lot of defensive pass interferences, a lot of off, uh, defensive holding calls that are just being, just really extending drives and the point totals. You look at some of the top quarterback scores, whether it be Josh Allen of the Bills, Russell Wilson has 15 touchdowns through three games. You know, not to mention Patrick Mahomes, what he did last night, Lamar Jackson. The list goes on and on. So it's been a very, very fun fantasy football season at this point, and it's just getting going. Um, some obviously very concerning news for the NFL world today with the announcement that there were a number of positive tests with the Tennessee Titans. A number of games uh, this weekend are in question, considering the circumstances. So let's welcome in one of the best in the business. You know him from ESPN. His name is Mike Clay, and he joins us here on The Edge on TSN 1050. Good evening, Mike. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. How you doing? Uh, we're doing very well here. Huge fan of your work, and we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Mike, I know you're plugged in at ESPN. You are a hotshot on-air talent. Uh, and you're a, man, you're a trailblazer in this industry. Uh, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time. What can you tell us about what you've been hearing around the building, or probably more appropriately on Zoom, about the latest with the Titans and the games this weekend in the NFL with the positive tests? Well, honestly, uh, I, nothing you haven't heard, I, I think. You know, I'm, I'm reading Adam Schefter's tweets just like everyone else, so I don't have anything, uh, anything uh, you know, newsworthy to break or anything like that. So uh, I'm just kind of hoping that everyone gets healthy, obviously. Um, that's the most important thing here, and hopefully we get back to football soon. So 
Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of paths to get this sorted out, right, and not uh, drastically impact the season, whether it's moving some games around or even just playing the game without a few of these players on Sunday. There's also been chatter about potentially moving the game to Monday or Tuesday, and obviously we've heard some speculation about uh, maybe swapping some later dates around to make to get this game in down the road. So uh, we'll see how it plays out over the next few days. Um, and, you know, I know the uh, NFL will get it sorted so we get some get some quality football. And, and also, and again, most importantly, we keep all these players and their families safe. Well said. Uh, well said, Mike. I want to go to a game that was played, of course, last night. It was the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, a huge night. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire... He's been good, but I think a lot of people were expecting a little bit more from him considering he was a top five, six, seven pick in most fantasy football drafts. Were expectations too high on him, or do you think he's poised to have a real breakout soon? Uh, they were not too high, and if you took him in the first round and you're panicking, you can you can relax because uh, he's going to be fine. In fact, he may be great going forward, and honestly, if you told me right now, uh, that you had a crystal ball and he led the, the running back position in fantasy points the rest of the season, that would not surprise me, and I'll tell you why. The volume has been great, right? I mean, even though people are disappointed, he's still 12th in fantasy points, right? So he's handled almost two-thirds of the snaps he's been on the field. He's handled over 70% of the design runs. He's handled 14% of their targets, and that's without, I think he had two in week one, right? He's barely involved as a pass catcher, so they've really ramped up over the past two weeks. So the volume is workhorse usage, right? We're, you know, that's, that's big time usage. Uh, and of course the Chiefs have probably the best offense in the NFL, right? They throw the ball a lot. He's going to get plenty of opportunities to score. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that we like here. The only issue really has been, uh, no, he has one touchdown, right? He's, he obviously hasn't found the end zone through, uh, three games very often. That will change based on his usage. In fact, his uh, expected touchdown total is four. So uh, those, that number tends to regress to the mean. Uh, they're going to score more rushing touchdowns going forward based on their play calling. Uh, I just relax. And honestly, if you can go out and get him in a trade this week, if, if someone out there is, is panicking, maybe they're one and two and they, you know, they're worried about him, go out and get him if you can. I do still think he's a top ten, maybe even a top five fantasy back going forward. Uh, Mike, I like to send people in my league links from this show. The one link I won't send them is the interview with you, just so that maybe I can get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and a little bit of a discount. Uh, a guy who had a huge breakout on Sunday was Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings, their first-round pick. Uh, 175 yards, a touchdown, nine targets, seven catches. What do you make of his breakout? Do you think he's a legit, perhaps, guy you could plug into your lineup weekly in 10, even 12-team leagues, or was this kind of an aberration? Well, uh, first of all, his, his snap count rose, too, right? He was at 61% during the first two games. He was up to just under 80% in this, in this game, right? So I don't think this was uh, fluky by any means. Now, look, he's not going to put up 175, uh, obviously. Uh, that, that's probably going to be as high for the season. But that doesn't mean he can't be, you know, like you said, a weekly starter, whether it's a wide receiver three or a flex option. And here's the thing. We, we expected that before the season, right? That was the expectation, right? Are you, there was some uncertainty because he's a rookie, fine, and, and obviously it's a run-first offense in Minnesota. But the expectation would be that pretty quickly he would lock down the number two job there with Adam Thielen and be a big part of the passing game. So we knew all along there was a, there, there was a chance that this would happen, probably a good chance. And here it is on display in week number three. So I think the cat's out of the bag. I think he's locked down the number two job. We saw him play more in the perimeter last week. You know, a lot of people thought, hey, this is just a slot guy. Not the case. They moved him outside, and he, and he exploded into one of the biggest performances of, of the week. So 
Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, he's not a lock yet. You know, I want to see it a little bit longer, but he should be rostered in every league and certainly is on the flex radar right away. Mike, a lot of people are still waiting for the breakout from the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz in particular. There's even been questions in the Philadelphia media about whether or not Doug Peterson should consider replacing him. And there were certainly many fantasy owners who drafted Wentz to be a quarterback one, probably at the tail end of the quarterback one uh, rankings. Is there any hope for him or the Eagles' offense going forward, or is this something that you almost consider a lost cause? I think there's a little bit of hope just because I think he's a, obviously a very talented player. We've seen him have an MVP caliber, caliber season before. We've seen him be a, uh, a, pre, a pretty good fantasy quarterback over the final month last season, and that was without much of a sporting cast, at least in terms of uh, targets. But, you know, I, I kind of feel for him, right, because uh, he doesn't have much help. I mean, they had, a fifth-round rookie was one of their top receivers last week, John Hightower, Greg Ward, who – uh, you know, was uh, what an AAF star and, you know, should be buried on the depth chart is, is basically his number one at this point. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside hasn't pan- panned out. He has guys like Deontay Burnett playing wide receiver off the, off the practice squad. Now Dallas Goddard third, Deshaun Jackson third, still doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey, Dylan Rieger's on IR, two other receivers are out. You know, it's just been a disaster. And that, I didn't even get into the offensive line where, you know, 60% at least of that line has been out uh, every game this season. So, he doesn't have much help, and the guys he's used to working with uh, are just not there, and, and it's tough. It really is tough. So, um, you know, we saw him struggle at, at a point last year and kind of bounce back and get it on track. It's possible that happens, but here's the problem with what I just said. You know, I mentioned that final month last season where he played really well. He had a pretty easy schedule right down the stretch, very easy schedule. The Eagles have the hardest schedule in the NFL going forward this season. Ooh. It starts at San Francisco this week. I mean, it's brutal. Just look along the slate. Aside of the NFC East, game, NFC East games, pretty much every other game is one of the best teams in the NFL. It is going to be a tough go for this team going forward. So uh, I don't think Wentz is a lock fantasy starter anymore. Um, I, can, he, can he hold down the four, maybe a 14 or 16-teamer as a back-end starter? Maybe. Uh, maybe he's a streaming option occasionally, but uh, I'm, I'm pessimistic about this team as a whole, and it really comes down to uh, the injuries and their schedule going forward. It is really, really rough. He is Mike Clay, one of ESPN's predominant ESPN fantasy analysts. We thank you for your time, Mike. Thank you so much for doing this. I know it's a busy night in the Clay household, so we appreciate it, man. <laughs> Look, I, I have to come on this show uh, more often because uh, I like you singing my praises. It makes me feel good and uh, makes me able to come on the show. So well, I appreciate I mean- that. In all seriousness, I do appreciate the support, uh, support and uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Well, we appreciate you doing this. So thank you for this, Mike, and have a great night. All right, you too. Take care. All right, that is Mike Clay from ESPN. And Al's brother, I want to bring you in quickly because it is Thursday night football. It is Denver, and it is the New York Jets. Denver, the big announcement that Brett Rippon will start at quarterback. How jacked up are you, and how the hell are you going to make a pick on overdrive this week? I don't know. I feel like I, I'm about to fire to text the boys and ask them, can we just like kind of have a bye week <laughs> for betting? You know, they, the, the players get bye weeks. Why can't we get a bye week when it comes to betting? Because I don't want to bet this game. And the Monday night is not even that much better either. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. And uh, I'll be watching. I'll be listening. The game's on TSN 1050. We'll carry it on TSN. But 
could be a little bit of a struggle. We might really need to delve deep into the lines and the player props in order to get some action on that one in order to consume the game in its entirety. David Purdom from ESPN, he reports on the business side of the gambling industry for ESPN, some huge line movement in the NBA Finals over the last 48 hours. We'll tell you which way it went and what the latest is from Vegas with David Purdom from ESPN next on The Edge. You are listening to The Edge right here on TSN 1050 in Toronto. We're streaming online, tsn1050.ca, and we encourage you to subscribe and rate and review our podcast, ideally in a positive sense. I have a feeling the positive reviews will come streaming in once we hear from our next guest. His name is David Purdom. He reports on the business side of the gambling industry for ESPN. You see his work on ESPN.com. He's on the Daily Wager, a great Great television program, which I try to catch whenever I can here in Toronto. And David Purdom joins us now here on The Edge. What's up, David? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Ready for some uh, NBA hoops to wrap up. No kidding. Tomorrow night, as you probably heard while you're waiting on hold, we are carrying the Heat and the Lakers uh, on this on this radio station, on our television network. It's LeBron James going for his fourth NBA title against his former team in Miami. And it was very interesting, David. I know you've been all over this story about how sportsbooks installed the Lakers as the very heavy favorites, and there was a lot of money pouring in on Miami from, I guess, both the sharp and the square sides. What did you make of the line movement, and what's the word in Vegas about how that's all gone down? Yeah, there was definitely some influential money uh, on the heat that came in. You know, the Lakers opened, I saw them as high as minus 450 to win the series. Uh, that means uh, bet 450 to win just 100 bucks for those who aren't familiar with money lines. Uh, but it's dropped all the way down into like minus 350 now as this money is poured in on, on Miami. In fact, 17 of the first 18 bets that were placed on who would win the series at the uh, Westgate Superbook, a, a real popular book in Las Vegas, uh, were on the underdog heat. So all year long, it was all Lakers. They were inundated with Lakers. They took more big bets on the Lakers than in any other team. Suddenly now we get to the finals and everybody loves the heat. How how impactful is betting on something like the NBA Finals MVP? Because we saw that LeBron James, not surprisingly, was listed as the favorite. Of course, in his previous three NBA titles, he was the Finals MVP in all three. Does a lot of money come in on that type of prop? Because the way I look at it is if the Lakers, if you think the Lakers are going to win the NBA title, there would be a lot more value in betting on LeBron to win the MVP of the Finals as opposed to just betting on the Lakers as a whole. A lot of people do that with the Super Bowl, too. Bet on Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, at a better odds than you are betting on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So uh, you nailed it. And that's the exact kind of money that comes in on this MVP. Uh, the sportsbooks don't really like that because it, it usually is educated money on these smaller markets. You'll get guys that'll take flyers. Uh, I don't know, maybe somebody will take Drogic from 50 to 1 or somebody yeah. like something ridiculous. But the guys that come in, instead of playing the Lakers and laying that 4 to 1, Maybe they just take LeBron. Now, the problem with that is, though, LeBron or Anthony Davis, which one is the go-to guy? You have to think uh, LeBron being he is an odds-on favorite at most spots I saw him, uh, would get the nod, you would think, uh, from voters uh, in the MVP race. But Anthony Davis has a chance as well. Oh, absolutely. Anthony Davis has been spectacular so far in the playoffs for um, LeBron and the Lakers. And, I mean, I don't expect that to... Uh, slow down anytime soon. David, I want to ask you about how the pandemic has changed 
the way the gambling industry has operated because we know there's been a fundamental sh- fundamental shift in how we all live our lives. But you look at even tonight and the last couple of nights, Stanley Cup Final and the NBA Final starting tomorrow night and Major League Baseball going on, the NFL, so much, so much money probably changing in size as far as the gambling business goes. How has the gambling industry changed in the midst of what we're dealing with? It's been pretty amazing to watch over this last four or five months. Uh, you know, in the spring, when everything shut down, uh, people were still looking for things to bet on. And table tennis, actually, uh, Russian table tennis. You have these little tournaments that look like, you know, you and me playing in a basement at uh, some church rec league or something. Uh, <laughs> but they have some tournaments, and they broadcast them on uh, YouTube, or they put them on some sports books. Uh, stream them live, DraftKings streams them live, and people really gravitated to that. Now, once uh, sports has started coming back, um, you know, the money is starting to slow down on your table tennis event and gravitate to the new, uh, to the bigger sports as we would expect. The biggest change now what's going on, what we saw today, Tennessee, uh, uh, Tennessee tested positive, a test for uh, COVID. They had to pull the game off the board. Now everybody's wondering if it's going to come back. There was a line movement before Tennessee opened as a two and a half point favorite over the Steelers. Uh, that move that's flipped all the way over. Pittsburgh is now a two point favorite at any of the books that have not taken it down. So those changes, these you know dramatic line movements uh, that occurred because of COVID testing and people being ruled out, I would say that's another one of the big changes to the gambling industry. David Purdom from ESPN, our guest here on The Edge. I want to ask you about home field advantage, David, in the NFL, mm-hmm. because I am uncertain exactly how sports sports books are perceiving home field advantage, its impact. Traditionally, it's been worth about three points in the National Football League. How have the handicappers looked at this so far for setting the lines? You know, the bookmakers I spoke to before the season were saying, well, maybe it's a point, maybe it's even less with home field with no crowd. So they definitely reduced the value of the standard three-point that you mentioned. A lot of them will tell you that the three-point, you know, it's a lot more nuanced than that. And, in fact, you know, the only true home field advantage, some of them will say, is like in Denver with the altitude or something like that. The thing that I've noticed with the lack of crowds, though, and not only – you know, in terms of home field advantage, but you're hearing the quarterbacks and they're drawing people off sides more often, it seems like, in critical times, too. Uh, maybe that's because they couldn't, you know, the defensive line couldn't hear uh, as well pass when the crowds are yelling. And suddenly they hear the quarterback, they're jumping off sides, and that's extending some drives. And as you know, we've had a really uh, high surge of overs uh, at the beginning of the year in the NFL. I think it's 29 or 19 or something, pretty considerable amount. So I'm wondering if the lack of crowd may not be affecting, you know, the home field advantage, and you guys can go back and forth on that. But maybe it's increasing the scoring a little bit. I couldn't agree more. Aaron Rodgers, a guy seemingly gets defensive lines to jump constantly, and he's been extremely proficient uh, at that so far. David, I want to get you out of here on this. And legalized sports betting is something we talk a lot about here in Canada. And everywhere you turn, whether it be Instagram and Twitter, you're seeing all types of things sprout up uh, south of the border. Can you explain exactly where the United States stands on legalized sports betting at the moment, both at the federal and state levels? Sure. We have 18 states and then the District of Columbia have all have legal sports books operating in them now. That has all happened within the last two years since we had a Supreme Court decision that basically struck down a federal statute that had kind of limited sports betting to Nevada primarily. Uh, that, since that ruling, we've got all these states pop up. 
and more are on the way. We're going to get Tennessee here coming pretty soon. Uh, Louisiana, Maryland, Ohio all seem to be in the mix. North Carolina and Virginia have already passed legislation. I wouldn't surprise me by the end of 2021 if easily more than half, probably 30 states, have legalized sports betting. So uh, we got to get you guys up in the border up to speed. I know people were looking at it, and they were making a run at it several times, and it got slowed down by the sports leagues, but now they're on the other side of this. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Canada gets it done as well. Well, David, we have legalized cannabis here north of the border, so our priorities are in the right place. Perhaps sports <laughs> uh, sports betting is uh, coming up next. Uh, as always, a huge fan of your work. You do great stuff on ESPN.com and ESPN Chalk, and I uh, look forward to having you back on the program again in the future. So thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. We'll reach out any time. All right, that is David Purdom from ESPN. And, yeah, Al's brother. I mean, we love ProLine here at TSN 1050. They're a valuable sponsor to us. And I love every Sunday heading to the convenience store and, and making my wagers. But the way, you know, you see, uh, like, the bar stool content, it's uh, it's some fun things they have going on south on the border. I, I'm sure one day we'll get there. When that'll be, I mean, that, that's probably in your jurisdiction, Al's brother. You have, you have a lot of influence in the political community. I'm sure it'll be coming at some point very soon. Uh, I think we got, what, a Canadian election coming up? There's nothing that's more pressing to talk about than sports betting, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, for us here at TSN 1050, whether it's my show on First Up or your show on Overdrive, the con- the concept of uh, betting and different wagers that we come up with, a uh, very predominant topic. Before we wrap tonight, on a very serious note, uh, our friend and colleague Matthew Cause uh, his father um, is is missing at the current moment. He's been tweeting about this. Uh, this is a very serious situation. Uh, he was last seen um, with his car going through the 407 Bayview exit, and he has been missing for almost 24 hours now. His car is a 2019 Honda Civic Plate 24L N09. So if you have any information or you come across that car, we encourage you to reach out to the police because this is a very serious situation. Uh, we love the Cause family here at TSN 1050, and we hope this comes to a resolution, a very positive resolution, and we're all hopeful that's indeed the case. So that's something that I encourage all of our listeners to do so tonight because uh, our hearts and thoughts are with uh, Matthew, and we're praying for a very um, positive resolution to a very difficult situation. Um, well, that's all we have for tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure here on The Edge, and uh, so much coming your way this week. Friday, we'll be looking ahead to week four in the National Football League, and I imagine by then we'll know exactly what's going on with the Tennessee Titans and the coronavirus tests. Um, of course, the team they played last week, the Minnesota Vikings, they are also being tested, and we don't know the results for anything like that, but we we're hopeful that all these games are played as scheduled because we here at the Edge want every game on the board for as many options to gamble on as possible. Big thanks to Al's brother for his terrific work behind the glass this evening. My name is Aaron Karolnik. You've been listening to The Edge right here on TSN 1050.